Recording in progress. Um, good evening, Chair Wiley and Sustainability Commissioners. Uh, pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Sustainability Commission of May 12, 2022 will be conducted telephonically and recorded through Zoom. Thank you, Ali. Welcome, everybody. Um, we're gonna go ahead and start with a roll call and uh, we're also gonna hear a brief intro during that roll call, roll call of, of one of our newest commissioners, Kim Marie Wiltshire. So Ali, roll call, please. Uh, Chair Wiley. Here. Uh, Chair Thompson. Here. Uh, Commissioner Cornelia. I think he was absent now. Uh, Commissioner Cooper. No. Commissioner Palmer. Did we hear Wasn't a yes from Commissioner Wasn't Cooper? A, Cooper was here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Pa Palmer absent. Uh, Commissioner Jalali. Here. Uh, Commissioner Wilshire. Wiltshire. Here. Uh, Commissioner Stevenson. Here. Um, and I think that's everyone. Yeah, so thanks. And, and Kimberly, you want to go ahead and, and tell the commission just a brief uh, intro of yourself and uh, how long you've been here and, and what, what brought you to us today? Thanks, Lauren. So I've been lucky enough to live in Sausalito, as I was just saying, since 1988. I'm actually a San Francisco native, but I came over the bridge. And during most of that time with my work, I've gotten on planes and have gone places um, and to work on Western water and climate change, bringing together uh, diverse leadership to figure out what, and as I call it, what in the hell are we going to do about our water supply, sustainable water supply, and about protecting the forests that are the source of about 60% of our water in the West. So um, our, our mayor, um, uh, I was asking her actually for a favor one day on Zoom. And she said, Kimberly, be glad to help you with that. But in return, I wanna ask you something. So those of you who know Janelle know that she's very good at that. And I looked into the commission and I was like, wow, this is a really great group. I watched some of the recordings. So I was interviewed by the city council. So I'm very happy to be here. And I've been brought up a little bit to speed because Lauren and I had a uh, lengthy uh, cup of tea out next to drivers uh, a couple of weeks ago. So looking forward to, to working with all of you. Thank you, Kimmery. And you're, you're joining, just for your own background, you're joining new commissioners Jalali and alternate commissioner Stevenson, new to the crew. And now we have a full house and it's very exciting. So welcome everyone. Very exciting. Uh, the first item on the agenda tonight is public comments on items not on the agenda. Any, anybody have any public comments? Any members of the public? I don't even know if there's any members of the public in attendance. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the next item, which is the approval of the meeting minutes from the regular meeting on April 14th. Um, uh, before I ask for a motion on that, I actually have a, a, a question 
from the minutes. Uh, one of the uh, items brought up for future agenda items was about uh, a request from Commissioner Palmer to look into the possibility of adding a land acknowledgement. Um, I looked into that and saw that that had been on the city council agenda in November. It seemed that the outcome from that was that there was gonna be an action to reach out and discuss the potential of moving forward with that. So I'm trying to understand if, if that has moved forward. Does anyone, do Ali or Melissa, do you know if there has been progress on that action item from council? On the land acknowledgement statement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the so there was a lot of, we drafted a potential land acknowledgement statement um, and then the mayor had some edits and also Heidi Scoble from our community development department um, had some uh, conversation with Great and Rancheria Tribe to to see whether or not they were comfortable with the land acknowledgement. I think we're very close, but there are still, essentially we were waiting for the opportunity for the tribe to weigh in on the statement. And then there were some minor changes, but it's it's still moving forward. So I'm gonna strike that from the, I mean, it doesn't have to be stricken from the minutes, but that's helpful when we get to future agenda items, so I'm gonna strike that since it's being taken care of at the council level. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, so do we do I have a motion to sec uh, and a second to approve the minutes from the last meeting? Do I have a motion? Approving minutes. Second. No, no, I need a motion. Oh, you need it first. Yeah. Need it first. Oh, oh. Uh, motion to approve the minutes. Thank you, Greg. Do I have a second? <laughs> We second. Thank you, Ressa. All right, I'll call roll. Uh, Chair Wiley. Yes. Vice Chair Thompson. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Cooper. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Jalali. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Wiltshire. I don't think I can vote because I wasn't there. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, and Commissioner Stevenson is an alternate, but he is a voting member today due to the absences. And yes. Oh. And you are taking the minutes today. Yep, good, okay. Uh, I, had a, I was briefed on how to do it properly. <laughs> briefed by our expert, thank you. Okay. Um, all right, next up, we are excited to have a, a big speaking agenda for this meeting. And first up, we're gonna hear from uh, a group of, of the hardworking folks that have been helping us with this extremely heavy lift of, of the implementation of SB 1383. Um, and we'll hear a little bit about the final report uh, that we'll be turning in to Zero Waste Marin for the last grant cycle. So I'd like to welcome the combination of, of folks from Envirolutions and R3. So Juliana and Alejandra and Rose, and I'm assuming that you all have figured out amongst yourselves who's going first, no? Ali, based on the content that you know, who would be best place to go first? Uh, well, let's take Juliana first. Okay, over I, to you. But I'm ready to go, so that's awesome. All right. Um, <laughs> I will just um, introduce Alejandra just because she, right now she's getting her son. So she's just calling in from the iPhone for the moment. But I'll... I'm here. I'm here. Oh, ready good. Okay. Good, good, good. 
So um, Alejandra will be able to participate in just one moment to introduce herself, but I'm Juliana Gerber. I'm the Associate Director of Envirolutions Consulting, which is a very small woman-owned East Bay operated um, consulting firm dealing basically mainly with technical assistance and outreach um, relating to zero waste initiatives. So we work mainly with recycling and composting. So obviously with SB 1383, uh, the compost uh, portion is what we were looking at um, for the majority of the project that we did um, this, last, um, this last cycle. Um, I'll let Alejandra introduce herself and then I can go ahead into our presentation. Yes, Alejandra Warren here. I am the outreach director uh, for Envirolutions. And we are so happy to be in this project with Juliana. It was so efficient, so exciting. We learned so much and we feel like we had the opportunity to support businesses, not only ask them what to do, but also provide the help that they really need during this challenging time. So thank you so much for having us here. Thank you, Ale. Um, okay, I will share the screen. And before I do, I just want to give a big shout out to, of course, the commission for your support, uh, Lauren, for your direction and guidance and, and passion around uh, getting the work done. Um, Ali for coming in and kind of making the quick change of, of gears that happened along the way. Um, and then, of course, to BCRS, to Greg Christie and Kim Christie um, for being such just... Um, kind, generous, attentive, um, responsive to our needs also. So thank you so much, Greg, really appreciate that. I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen and we will be ready to go. Where am I? Hold on one second, sorry. My screen did something weird. Okay, cool. Hmm. I'm gonna try this. Doesn't seem like, here we go, okay. Um, so for those of you who were here a few months ago at our kind of mid-year update, um, this is going to look a lot like the same presentation. I've just basically updated it with a number um, with the numbers that we accomplished throughout the, the project. Um, and we will discuss towards the end a bit of the, um, the case studies that we have, as well as recommendations. Um, so I will um, make sure to pull those up um, before the end. I have the case studies separately. And it's also, just so you know, the, the report that we provided to Sausalito um, that they will be submitting to Zero Waste Marin um, does have all of the, these references, obviously, as well as the case studies. So let's go through who we are. I, I already mentioned a little bit about that. We are a woman-owned small firm in, out of the East Bay, focusing on technical assistance for multifamily and commercial. So we have um, kind of a diverse ability to um, move and shake with multifamily and, and business. They're very different. Um, and so uh, we have a lot of experience, um, you know, 10 plus years in doing this kind of outreach. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Uh, we have um, the last, gosh, five plus years now working for the, the city um, under the Zero Waste Marin Grant, um, doing multifamily waste audit back in 2017. 
which we will touch upon later in terms of one of our recommendations to do more focused um, direct outreach to multifamily again for um, compost, food waste, composting um, diversion. Uh, 2018 and 19, we were able to provide TA to multifamily accounts, those accounts that we had worked with the prior year for the audit. Um, and we were able to also address marinas um, in terms of contamin issues, contamination issues we had found the prior year. Um, 2020, we were able to work with and develop the plastic bag ban and kind of some of the single use plastics being phased out. Um, and now for 2021 into 2022, we did the um, AB 341, which has to do with how, you know, size of accounts, commercial and multifamily that needed to have recycling and compost service. There were a number of them that were still out of compliance, despite, you know, many outreach attempts by BCRS and ourselves historically, um, and 1826, as well as now SB 1383, which is far reaching and Rose will touch upon a lot of that, I'm sure. Um, but we were as part of this project um, tasked with a few different things that I will share. Um, so our first task was to provide the technical assistance under AB 341 and 1826 and SB 1383. So we developed a target list with um, BCRS based on those accounts that did not have recycling or organic service or both. And we provided that technical assistance in the form of actually visiting the site, um, providing the physical um, like brochure that BCRS had provided and mailed out to all of their customers. We were able to physically provide that to those accounts that we visited. Um, we met with property managers. We ordered the appropriate carts when, when they were missing and needed, um, installed the signage and enclosures, stickered carts, advised on um, different internal trash recycling and compost systems that would be appropriate um, and ensuring compliance with the new 1383 regulations. So that was our task. Um, and we did accomplish that. Um, I'll share, share with you, of course, some of those numbers. Two was to design, design the methodology for conducting route audits. So the methodology was designed. It has to do with basically the number of routes that exist within Sausalito, um, the type of service you know, what they're servicing in terms of the commodity and also the sector. Is it multifamily or commercial or residential? So it's crunching those numbers and then applying a particular methodology um, to come up with a sampling guideline and estimation for how long it would take to actually re review a certain number of routes in Sausalito. So that was provided to the city. Three was to uh, provide guidance for any new signage um, that was per pursuant to SB 1383 regulations, which have to do, um, so review of the educational materials, we'll discuss a little bit too, but basically has to do with, are you, are you meeting the needs of those that speak different languages in your area in terms of your signage? Is it easily accessible? in multiple formats? Um, is it online? Um, do people know specifically what, um, what they're looking for when, when they do search for these terms? Do they understand um, what, what it is that they need to do? So is their education online? Um, and then also making sure that based on certain constituents, you're, you're sending the right information. So if um, you need, you know, particular formats of signage, such as compost, particular paper, paper towel specific for certain restrooms or things like that. So we made those recommendations. And um, the technical assistance we were able to provide in numbers 
um, in terms of those 30 commercial account targets that we had, we were able to do 68 total site visits. Now that's may not sound like a lot, but it actually is a tremendous amount of site visits considering where we were all coming from and making sure that we were really efficient with our time. So 26 initial accounts that we visited with the 42 follow-up, um, the 26 that we visited all received the 1383 handout that BCRS uh, created. And then we did in-person training for those particular placement of cans um, and the proper sorting of materials to 13 different accounts. Um, five of those were in Spanish and were to restaurant kitchens specifically and those staff. So that will be actually one of our recommendations also as we go forward. Um, the newly subscribed recycling and organic service, we have seven accounts that added um, either or both and two additional that are pending. And we are going to also discuss organics waiver. Probably, Rose will probably do that also. Um, but in terms of in interested commercial sites that needed um, and wanted an organics waiver, we have three that we determined would be um, would be able to, to achieve that if they, if they chose to um, apply for that. Um, the case studies I'm going to follow up on in one minute because I'm going to pull them up separately, but I was wondering if Alejandra actually wanted to speak to just start up with the joinery while I um, get the actual case study information behind us as a reference. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry again, I'm not in camera. Um, I'm mom duty, trying to wait for my son from a soccer practice. But uh, this was probably one of my favorite um, case studies. I don't know if Juliana is going to show the picture in a second, but we had the opportunity to reach out to the manager of the joinery, Christine. She was really responsive, really helpful. It, we suggested a few dates for outreach and education to staff. And she said, you know what? Actually, we have most of our staff on a Saturday. And I know you guys don't work on a Saturday, but that would be great. And we're like, we'll make it happen. No worries. So we scheduled a training for a Saturday morning. And we were lucky enough to find 15 staff members in that morning. And we were amazingly surprised to see that 14 out of those 15 members were native Spanish speakers. So we had the chance to provide a outreach 100% in Spanish beautiful, engaging um, interaction with all of the community in the joinery. Lots of questions, very specific questions. We went through uh, the three bins, trash, recycling, compost, but also through very specific questions about materials that they usually have. Uh, not only saying where they go, but also why they go there to just develop and create a deeper understanding about uh, why we're doing this, right? And after that, we had the chance to also give a personal uh, little short and brief presentation to the only English speaker in the team. And I, after that, we had a chance to walk around the kitchen with Chef Andres, answer his questions too, and just reiterate the fact that food recovery is really important for SB 1383. We had a few ideas. Just um, make sure that that chicken doesn't go to waste, put it in salads, put it in sandwiches. Uh, he was happy to hear about the options and he was happy to make it happen. So it was a great opportunity not only to talk about diversion, but also more important issues like composting and food recovery. I did. And I if anyone has any questions. That. Yeah. Yeah. But I realize you talking through it is, is just as beautiful. I mean, because the case study just has a bunch of words on it anyway, right? I do have um, Hotel Sausalito up, so yes. 
Ale? Yes. Yeah, you're ready. You can go ahead with, with Hotel Sausalito. Oh, Hotel Sausalito. I didn't see the screen. Uh, yes, a similar situation. Oh, this one was very interesting because we had a really, really difficult time in finding the manager. Uh, usually there's a person out front at the desk and we left several messages until we decided, okay, how are we going to make sure that we have the chance to communicate with the manager? So what we decided to do was to scare them a little bit and say, okay, that's fine. Just let them know that they're not in compliance and that we did three attempts and yes, they will be hearing from the city. Right after that letter, we got a call that they were very interested about talking <laughs> to us and getting training with staff so we had the chance to schedule training with the housekeeper and the manager and another person from the hotel uh, same thing same training we had the chance to look at um, lots of items that they have their main issue is uh, tourism they have no chance to educate a tourist in a single stay so they're having to deal with lots of issues uh, related to tourists not understanding california rules so that's why one of our recommendations is to create posters specific for hotels that are easy and accessible for tourists to understand the concepts and just help them increase um, the the sorting in the in the rooms perfect Thank you, Ale, I appreciate that. Sorry for my little bit of a um, tech fumble um, on that, um, but I'm grateful. And like I said, these are beautiful case studies and they're provided in our report. So happy to share those, um, um, happy for you to have access to those and, and check those out um, later. Um, Molly Stones was a, a, the cust a customer that I worked with. It was on our original um, list to discuss, but we knew that it had maybe already been communicated with um, and already definitely had compost service that was, um, you know, a, on a large scale, they had compost service as well as recycling service. So we knew that it was a site that we could kind of end up touching upon at some point, whether it would be in this cycle or soon enough, just relating to um, some of the requirements of SB 1383 in terms of edible food um, diversion, which is um, a big, portion of what 1383 is about, but we actually really, as a team, Alejandra and I didn't have really any relation to that um, in terms of, you know, those systems being developed. And um, so what we really wanted to focus on with being able to work with them is I had received a, a call from BCRS just saying, hey, if you have any chance and any extra time to be able to include them, that would be fantastic. We just wanna make sure that they really understand what they're doing with their compost over there because they had transitioned from a compactor for trash into a compactor for compost, which is a, an amazing sign because that shows that obviously there's a, that much material um, that is compostable that's being diverted and so much so that they wanted to change over their compactors for that. Um, but we of course need to make sure that they were doing that correctly. So um, we, I was able to go in, I met with the, the manager, Dave Parishioner, who was actually finishing out his last two months there. He's finally retired. So any of you who know him, um, and he was, he was busy, but he was happy to meet with me and they have a really successful program there. Um, you know, all of the indoor containers were in the places they should be. They um, didn't have signage for them. So I was able to provide that to them from obviously the materials that uh, Greg and Kim had given us. So now they are all up to par in terms of their 1383 signage requirements and making sure all their 
um, indoor containers are in the places that they're supposed to be in. Um, and then so the, the final piece then, since I did have the time to do it, since they had already accomplished so much, was um, just to provide them with a little bit of assistance, making sure that they were ready to comply with the um, the tier one portion of the edible food generation, making sure that they did have that diversion in place in terms of being able to donate that food that is still edible. Um, and they've had those kind of systems actually in place and contracts in place. Um, it was just a function of them making sure that they understood that this was going to be um, required of them, that they annually need to show this you know, information, um, have these kind of contracts in place between them and any other, any of the uh, organizations that they're donating food to. So that was, that was a, a great success. Um, they're doing wonderfully. Um, I would continue to support them as an organization for sure. Um, and then I was able to also meet with CP Shades, which probably wouldn't be an organization you would know of from the outside or anything like that, but they're actually quite a large um, a warehouse for a clothing manufacturer, um, beautiful garments, um, and it's a really large space. And they did have um, recycling and trash service already, but they needed compost service. They didn't really understand why they would need it. So I was able to explain, obviously, with the, uh, the mandate in California. Um, and part of that, obviously, was to be able to put up, again, cans in those particular areas, make sure that the signage was appropriate. For them, 90% of the people that work there speak um, Mandarin and Cantonese. So it was um, challenging in that we don't obviously have materials in, um, in Chinese, in Mandarin or Cantonese. So we weren't able to provide those to them, but we were able to say, hey, you might be able to you know, go online and kind of find a way to translate some of this. Um, that still doesn't always work in our, in our experience, obviously with like a Google Translate to Cantonese, um, you're not gonna necessarily actually get the information that you need when those kind of services are used. So um, that will be something that I think will need to be expanded everywhere in California and elsewhere as we move forward, just with making sure that we're able to really communicate effectively to all the people that live where we live. If we're trying to communicate to people, we need to communicate with them, um, preferably in the language that they speak. So um, she was able to work with me. Her name was Liz. She was a wonderful person to work with. Um, we did get compost service over there. We got the appropriate signage and cans in the kitchen for, for all of the staff there, and they are completely in compliance now. So that was a great success also. So those are just four small of the story, small, small stories from our experience. Um, I will close that out. And here I am again. Um, I wanted to just discuss um, our recommendations moving forward. We had four that we placed into the report. Um, the first one would be that we plan on and budget for continually moving forward, of course, sustained education. Um, you need education, you need sustained assistance for all accounts in um, the service area there. Um, you would think that maybe you've communicated a message once and that should, you know, of course, as we know, that's not the case. So it needs to be something that's ongoing um, that we budget for every year. That was one of our recommendations. A uh, second recommendation would be that we would continue to do outreach and do that outreach in Spanish also. So trainings for all of the kitchens in Sausalito is our recommendation. Uh, the primary language that we were finding, of course, was Spanish. Second was 
Cantonese or Mandarin. And then I know that there's a few other restaurants in town that um, would speak some variation of, you know, um, Pakistani. Um, and I don't want to, I don't know all the different, um, all of the different languages that exist, but that the primary two that we found aside from English were Spanish and um, Cantonese. So to do outreach specifically and make sure that those trainings happen in Spanish or Cantonese is very important. Um, another recommendation we had would be to have a very um, intentional um, pilot projects specifically for multifamily in Sausalito. We need to get back to that sector specifically because they themselves are probably, I would say 30% of what is being generated um, in Sausalito. And um, such a huge amount of compost comes off those um, different apartments, obviously. And because there's such high turnover and also with property management being high turnover, um, it's difficult to get people to really latch onto an idea and stick to it. So having some continuity there and consistency there with outreach would be something that's highly recommended also. Um, I'm probably running over in terms of time and I know Rose needs to get to it, but we are looking forward to hoping to provide more assistance in the next year. Uh, we love working with the commission and there's obviously a lot more work to do. There's, there's all kinds of different recommendations and possibilities. Um, another piece of this, which was just a portion, a small portion that Alejandra worked with, which would be to continue the outreach working with food vendors for those single use plastics, making sure that those are phased out. Um, so that would be one of the last recommendations we would have, but again, a lot to do and a lot of interesting ways that we can do it and happy to be of assistance to the commission. So thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you, Alejandra. Over to you, Rose, and then we can take questions, I think, all at once. Absolutely. Sounds good. So um, I'm Rose Radford for those of you who haven't seen me before. Uh, I work at R3 Consulting. So we're a, a consulting company that has worked with all, actually most of the jurisdictions in um, Marin County and, uh, you know, numerous throughout the state on really right now, everybody's focused on SB 1383. So our engagement with you was funded also through a zero waste Marin one-time grant last year. I think we accomplished a lot in the about four months that we, that we worked in, you know, as uh, has been mentioned already, transitioning uh, over to Ali, who's now getting up to speed and learning all about this. I mean, that was, that's a really important part. We um, always aim to get you into the position of understanding everything that's needed and how to accomplish that, and then uh, completing it, you know, without us moving forward. So that's that's always the goal. Um, I wish I could say that you were perfectly set and everything's done, um, but SB 1383 is really complicated. And again, we, we were only under contract with you for a few months. So we were able to get a lot of the really important um, first things that need to be accomplished sort of out of the way. SB 1383 is gonna uh, you know, keep people up at night for the next few years uh, and, you know, being sort of engaged and responsive with the state regulators and, uh, and also sort of uh, intertwined with the rest of your county in compliance, I think is gonna be a really key component of just ongoing compl 
compliance in the future. So my presentation is not going to be as long as Juliana's. Um, so I apologize the whole time I was thinking to myself, oh, I could have gone into a lot more detail than I intend to. Um, I don't plan to go through uh, the details of SB 1383. I, you know, some of you have already seen that three times. So um, I, you know, happy to, happy to give you additional details, especially if you have questions as I move through. Um, but really my presentation today is, is going to be focused on what did R3 do in coordination with your city staff and BCRS, um, and what are the next steps that are needed moving forward uh, from here. Um, and I also just want to acknowledge, again, you have excellent partners. Your city staff is, is incredible and um, you're in a really good place with them and very strong partners again, also with BCRS, Envirolutions, and of course the Zero Waste Marine JPA that in enabled this to happen to begin with. So um, I'm really excited and hopeful for you, uh, you know, in terms of compliance moving forward. Um, and, and again, you're not quite there yet, uh, but we're making incremental pro progress and uh, that's sort of, I guess the, the take home message here. So I will share my screen. And, um, you know, this is our final report to you for the work that we accomplished in the past fiscal year. Um, all right, so the primary effort that we uh, undertook was the revision to your solid waste ordinance to um, meet SB 1383 standards. Um, your ordinance does match substantially the ordinances of all of the um, other jurisdictions in Marin. Um, we also assisted in uh, compiling the notice of intent to comply with SB 1383 after identifying everything that you had in place and or were well positioned to complete and everything that um, maybe you didn't have a perfect plan for yet. We included everything that we thought was necessary in the notice of intent to comply, and that was approved by CalRecycle. So for those items, um, CalRecycle is not going to be asking any questions until you get closer to the dates in that notice, um, which included a schedule for compliance within that. We also assisted the city in, in applying for a new um, local assistance grant that is from the state. Um, so I believe that the city did get approval. I, Ali, I'd have to get your confirmation on that, but a, a lot of my cities have now. Yeah, uh, I think Keller Cycle is very close. I think they wanted a budget, and I think we owe that to them early next week. Yeah, they increased all of the city's um, budgets, uh, like allocations, by a little bit, so... Yeah, I think um, they wanted to know where where this budget would be allocated and we're just figuring it out in-house. Right. And that is a two-year grant cycle. Uh, we don't know whether it's going to be a one-time two-year grant or not, um, but you do have those resources that are now available to you that you didn't have before. Um, we also assisted in um, some environmental, the environmental purchasing policy revisions this is again based on the, the state's model. We've pared it down and made it more accessible and, um, and integrated it into your existing environmentally preferable purchasing policy. Uh, we provided um, model uh, revisions to your, your website to help cover additional parts of the required education and outreach. Um, 
And we also provided uh, not only a draft waiver form, but also a draft letter that is being used countywide for edible food recovery. Um, I don't believe that the waiver form is finalized yet. Uh, neither is the website, um, but you're, you're in a place to start with that. So I'm gonna get into everything that remains. Oh, uh, sorry, I reordered these slides. Another important um, part of which I, I'm very excited about is uh, that we helped the city and BCRS kind of come together to figure out who was doing what, because I think it's an important first step to say, well, you know, what, what is best for Bay City's refuse to, to do? And, um, you know, what was contained in the rate increase that they got last year? Uh, and then what, what it what remains and what it, what it still uh, is required of, of the city after that is, is accomplished. And this is um, a recreation of the uh, same chart that went before city council already. Um, but now we've uh, determined that Bay City's Refuse will be doing some, some additional items um, for sure. So they'll be assisting with the evaluation of waiver requests in the uh, doing the, the route reviews for contamination monitoring. Uh, and really the what what remains is kind of the, the rest of these items. So I'm gonna get into some detail with those pieces, but please let me know if I'm moving too fast. I talk about SB 1383 for hours every day. So I might skip things that um, <laughs> that I'm not even noticing. So um, one of the big components of the law, which you might not even think of is uh, Cal Recycles expecting all cities to keep a regular implementation record. Um, Zero Waste Marin has obtained software, Recyclist, to keep this implementation record sort of in the same place. It's going to be accessible by city staff and also ECRS. So, um, and it is a, a sort of consolidated online platform for data entry. Uh, you will be getting a training, the city staff will, and then uh, moving forward, you know, it's, it's a matter of filling it out. Um, so I'm excited about that. It's not complete yet, but there's a good plan for moving forward. Um, also through the recyclist format that is intended to make it really easy to then submit the regular annual reporting that's required. This year it will be due October 1st. Um, and again, Zero Waste Marin is, has been doing uh, annual reporting on your behalf in prior years, um, not for SB 1383 though. So th there's gonna be a significant effort, especially in this very first year of annual reporting to CalRecycle um, in just getting kind of uh, everything lined up and, and ready to go. Uh, and then moving forward, the regular reports will be due uh, August 1st of each future year. The law includes enforcement, uh, but you're only required to begin enforcing starting January 1st, 2024. Um, you ideally will not have any non-compliance to enforce by that time. Uh, you know, that's always the goal. Uh, and in fact, this two-year period after the law went into place in 2024 is intended as a, an educational period. So exactly what Envirolutions has been doing, just keep, keep uh, hitting the pavement and getting those businesses signed up. Um, and at a certain point, um, you know, I think, mm, making the uh, requirement mandatory 
and and auto enrolling customers may end up having to be on the table. And it's not something we'd like to, to do, but some businesses simply do not. Um, uh, they're not motivated to sign up for service, um, even if they're mandated by law. So a lot of cities are exploring that as a, a kind of last gasp effort um, to get businesses into compliance because the alternative is issuing notices of violation, you probably don't want to do that either. Um, there's also other pieces of compliance with the law, which, um, you know, I think BCRS, if they observe non-compliance or envirolutions um, and they provide that education, you're out of compliance. And if they, there's like a complete lack of meeting in the middle, that could be the basis of a, an enforcement action as well. And the state is expecting action. Um, on non-compliance by cities. The edible food recovery program, I think I've been just floored by how um, great the city staff has been in compiling an edible food recovery program. For, you've, you've already identified all of the generators, um, done a lot of work on notifying them and getting information from them about what they're currently doing. Uh, I think you're ahead of everyone, everyone else in the county. I'm, I'm very impressed by the effort so far. So um, that's a huge win. Uh, in the future, the county will be doing a capacity study. If insufficient capacity is a finding of that study, you may be on the hook to support it. And I recommend that to be done through something like a grant program where you have, uh, you say, well, here's the grant money and you tell me what you're gonna get me for that. Um, it, I'm not sure if there's going to be insufficient capacity, but if every single edible food generator begins to donate, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of, um, in you know, these tend to be primarily volunteer run and organized, uh, you know, food pantries that are active in this space. Um, so certainly I would not be surprised if they do need additional resources to make this program accessible to everyone who's required to do it. Um, and ultimately, site visits to edible food um, covered generators will be an important part of um, meeting the, the law's requirements, and along with the site visits to everyone else, too, which Envirolutions has been doing for you. Um, procure, procurement, there's two aspects of this. One is uh, re recycled content paper. As I mentioned, we do have draft uh, purchasing policy revisions that mentions this 30% recycled content. Most cities are already meeting this, uh, but that goes into the implementation record piece because you need to keep track of what is actually happening. Uh, keep all the receipts, put it in the same place. There's a, an onerous aspect of um, procurement, you know, just in terms of record keeping requirements. Uh, and then there's a, a paired requirement to potentially begin to purchase more compost and mulch. And this is another program where I don't know how many parks off the top of my head you have within your city boundaries is not, no city is gonna have enough parks to even make a dent in the total purchasing requirement for compost and mulch, which is why we're always recommending and re recommending to all the cities to explore options for uh, potentially spreading compost and mulch outside of your city boundaries. There's 
existing efforts underway now, and it has a lot of COVID benefits like carbon sequestration. Um, part of that is just finding landowners uh, that are willing and interested, and you get credit for um, those activities if, if you're sort of involved. Um, so there, there's a, um, a lot of benefit to a, an approach like that. Um, but, you know, at this point in time, very few cities are taking, uh, you know, direct action to purchase compost and mulch. You don't want to do that until you know where it can go. Uh, and it feels like a big problem. We can break it down into pieces and also just keep your keep your eyes out for programs that, that end up working because there are other jurisdictions that are um, piloting approaches um, uh, to increase compost and mulch usage. Uh, and there may also be alternative pathways that open up in the future. There's the annual route reviews for contamination monitoring. Um, that is, uh, does need to be accomplished by the end of this year. And that's something that uh, BCRS has said that they will do. Uh, of course, coordination with uh, all of the city departments, if there are opportunities to increase compost and mulch usage, that's something you can talk to Parks and Rec about. Um, and then ultimately, uh, the goal is, of course, as I mentioned, never to have to enforce, but to, to get to 100% compliance somehow without enforcing. And what what that means, I think, is also a combination of getting businesses signed up for service, but also judiciously using the waiver process. So um, we did include a, a provision to, that allows uh, waivers. You know, I don't think that a business should get a waiver unless they really want one, because uh, if you're willing and able to participate, that should be the first step. But if you simply don't generate any organic waste or there's absolutely no space to store your container. Um, those are the conditions that the state is, ha, has allowed for as a waiver. And we recommend it and it is included in your municipal code that they can get a waiver. Again, that's a waiver that exempts them from the requirement to subscribe to organic service only. So uh, they're still required to have garbage service and recycling service. So I, I know it feels like I started mid, midstream on this and I, I apologize, but I did wanna make the best use of, of your time tonight as I could. So uh, if you have any questions, please let me know. <laughs> Thank you, Rose. Um, questions from, from anybody? Marie. Oh, sorry. I was trying to do the raise hand function. It doesn't seem, oh, there we go. Now it's working. Um, so Rose, I was excited to hear about the edible food recovery program. So does that mean that edible food then could go to a homeless shelter as an example? Okay. I know that in the past, the issue has been, or one of the issues has been around liability. Um, people get edible food and they get sick, etc. So are there like requirements, you know, to be an edible food vendor or like if I'm throwing an event and I have a bunch of food left over for, from catering, can I be a part of that program or how does that work? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And um, the edible food recovery programs that are envisioned in SB 1383 mm -hmm. um, don't attempt to reinvent the wheel in terms of existing uh, programs that are in place now. And that is the plan in Marin too. You already have uh, the SF Marin Food Bank and Extra Food are very active uh, food recovery organizations in your area. Uh, and we would anticipate leaning on them to the extent possible. Um, and, uh, and just getting the generators connected with them. So those two organizations have their own standards and policies. The law is specific that they are not required to take edible food. It's the generators that are required to donate it, but they're not um, obligated to accept anything that, that doesn't meet their standards. Um, the, of course, the contracts between these uh, generators and the food bank, as an example, should also kind of get into some of the details of that. Um, but ultimately, I think it's also really important to note when you think about edible food recovery, um, there is a uh, state law, the Good Samaritan Act, that protects um, anybody who donates edible food from liability uh, associated with that edible food. So okay. that's um, something I think people need to be aware of that they, they will not ultimately be liable. Um, they can still donate the food. Uh, and, and again, like basic standards of, of what is edible, you know, we want to rely upon the experts to make right. that decision. And that is the food recovery organizations. Makes total sense. Thank you. Any, any other questions? I'll just say that this is um, this is a tremendous amount of work that you all have put in. Thank you. I also want to acknowledge the city because the amount, I mean, we are hearing this as really an FYI on the commission. The work is the city's work and it's a lot. And, you know, I don't know how many hands are involved in doing it, obviously, based on our presentations here today, you all are doing a fantastic job. Um, I hope that this, the city council is, is very aware and, of, of the huge lift and, and, and that you're getting the support you need from them. I guess I would just say on behalf of this group, it seems to me that the implementation pieces and the funding like what funded R3, um, that's still very much, you know, going to happen behind the scenes, largely outside of the commission scope, right? You guys are going to get the help you need to implement this, however you need to, with a consultant, without, with staff. You guys are figuring that out. Um, in terms of the outreach piece, technical assistance, deciding what we want to do with the grant that the commission typically helps um, stir up funds for, which is that zero waste grant that comes around every year, you know, that's something that we will usually they they raise, I think that they come out with that in June, and we owe it to them toward the end of June, typically, we'll be turning in the report to Zero Waste Marin on the 20th. It's, it's kind of in the bag. So I don't think we need to discuss any changes to it unless anyone has questions. Um, but some of the work this commission will have to do is take a look at this report, 
from Envirolutions and you know, do we wanna go with those recommendations and move and just continue moving the ball forward on that? Or do we wanna think about using those zero waste funds in a different way this year? That's, that's work that you know, I, I suppose will be up to the city and the waste subcommittee um, to really dig into. Um, does anyone else have a different view of, of the next steps on all this or, or questions about how our part in all of this and the commission? Anyone have an, a view on, on continuing on the same direction or is there something else that wasn't mentioned that you feel we need to think about directing those funds to? City, anything you need from us? Well, I think uh, a lot of it is going to just um, looking at the next steps and talking to BCRS on what help they need. Um, we certainly need help. Um, Envirolution and R3 definitely did a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, you know, I kind of came in midstream, so they kind of really took it on and kind of held my hand a lot of the way. Um, so just we'll just be talking internally with Kevin and uh, city staff and BCRS to figure out what the next steps are. Okay. There's and Kevin now. Speaking of Kevin, hi, Kevin. Yep. Kevin, hi there. Hi. <laughs> I think I would only add that this is a new program. So we'll need some help from Rose, from everybody else as we work our way along. So that, you know, even if we make mistakes along the way, we're at least learning and trying to figure out the best way to address things. That's why coordination with um, with with Greg and others is really important, and you as well. So, many thanks. Uh, it's going to take a team to make it work, and that's why I'm just kind of raising my hand. Okay. Joanna, thank you. Uh, yes, I just wanted to say, Lauren, that what you stated was important in that there are many different things to address. And so historically it has been used in these ways, for instance, the funds you're talking about, those zero waste funds. But like you said, it could be very specifically used for something else, knowing we still have, you all still have, the city still has XXX and that has to be done. So somewhere, somehow those funds will need to come from somewhere. And so it's just interesting that you'll all have to kind of coordinate those things moving forward, figuring out where those funds come from. But we obviously are not beholden to any funding, funding source. We're here to help. It doesn't have to be this zero waste grant. It can be a smaller, it can be, you know, it can be different. So, so we're happy to help wherever we can um, and how, wherever that, you know, wherever that comes from and what that looks like is, is, you know, fine for us to discuss with you all. So we're happy to do that. So thank you for your time again. Thank you. And I think, you know, Ali, I'll follow up with you and, and maybe we can set up some time. I mean, we're here to support the city, right? So whatever that, that grant application needs to be, which ultimately the city, we just advise on that too. The city is the one that presses send on that email. But, um, you know, we'll have to connect with you. Um, I think we're going to submit the report probably as is, um, but Ali, I'll send a note to you right after this meeting where we can tie up and just talk about our next steps offline. Okay. Um, but, it, but this is incredibly complex and comprehensive and you're getting into procurement policies. I mean, this is so much more than 
composting. Like it's huge. I can't believe they're only giving two years. It's it's massive. So thanks all. And thank you again, Rose, for all your great work. You guys just did such a tremendous job and you guys were really lucky to be able to grab R3 for just a few months. Um, they're tremendous in what they do. So anyway, thanks again, everyone. Thanks everyone. Yeah, I, it was really nice to be able to come in and, and offer the support um, in, in this existing very uh, uh, flourishing environment of sustainability in the cities. Thanks Rose. Thanks everyone. Okay, so you are all welcome to stay and listen to our next speaker if you'd like, who's been waiting patiently. Um, and was even, you know, mentioned briefly in terms of, you know, Parks and Rec was, was given a, a nod there because everyone has really got hands in on this waste thing. But um, for, for that reason, you know, I thought this was a good meeting to actually pair these two talks together. And again, I know we're heavy on, on talks tonight, but not only because of that alignment with, with waste and, and events, but also because we are finally, like the world is finally coming into events. Um, we've got a lot of events to look forward to in the summer. I was um, had the pleasure of meeting Brian at the uh, Earth Day trash pickup, which was so fun. And Reza was there and maybe some of you were there at different times. I'm not sure it was sort of, we were all spread out, but it was just great to be back doing an event. So um, without further ado, I'm gonna turn it over to Brian Vitale with Parks and Rec, and we'll talk about sustainability and events. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Chair Wiley and Sustainable Commissioners. Uh, again, I'm Brian Vitale, Sausalito Parks and Rec uh, Supervisor, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, join all of you today. Uh, that was quite, quite the first uh, chat you had there, and uh, following that up, uh, hopefully I'll be a little bit, uh, be able to put my points in there and uh, Get, get my point across uh, quickly. Uh, I have to go to my bocce uh, and, and help referee in a little bit. So uh, I'll try to be fast. Uh, so uh, first uh, we, we do over 20 events uh, in the city and uh, we've been complying with the uh, plastic ban since uh, 2020 when, when it went into effect and Obviously, with COVID, things took a little bit of a turn, uh, but one of the first ones that we did was our Super Bowl event in February, uh, where we had paper bowls and wooden spoons that we were using uh, for sustainability, and um, it was a really great event. We had over 400 people participating in that event. Uh, we have our Easter egg hunt. Uh, we can talk about the sustainability of that at another time. <laughs> um, our citywide yard sale, we partnered with Goodwill uh, for donations and Bay City Refuge for disposal of large items. Uh, we did the Earth Day cleanup uh, on the 23rd. We had over 20 volunteers and we cleaned up over 50 pounds of trash at, from Gabrielson all the way up to Dumphy Park and then back down uh, Caledonia to Gabrielson and then along Bridgeway to Swedes Beach and uh, a lot of people came back saying they found a lot of cigarette butts around the ground outside of restaurants. 
and they were asking for cigarette disposal stations out at the restaurants to be able to uh, make sure that that waste gets disposed of properly. Uh, we are looking to do more of those cleanup days. It was really successful and people really enjoyed it, um, getting out there and helping the, the city. People from Mill Valley came, from Larkspur came. Uh, so it wasn't just people from Sausalito that were, were helping in those efforts. People came you know, from Marin County. Uh, if we could get some part-time staff and some volunteers to help, we can you know, do it multiple times uh, throughout the year. So it was a really great event and uh, meeting Lauren there and chatting about it was, was great. And that's what gave us the opportunity to chat today. Uh, so our upcoming events, we have Jazz and Blues uh, coming up. There are four events in June, five in July and four in uh, August. We have our 4th of July parade, uh, picnic at Dumphy Park, fireworks, at Gabrielson. Uh, we have our Arias in the afternoon, which is opera over at Gabrielson Park. And then in the fall, we have our chili cook-off. And uh, all of those events we have vendors at, and they're selling food and they're selling um, beverages, some alcoholic, some just like soda and water and whatnot. And, you know, one of the challenges is, you know, people want water and uh, selling, you know, single-use plastic water bottles was you know what people used to do, and that I think is a challenge for events in general is being able to provide uh, those type of things for events that take place over the course of you know one hour to you know four or five hours, and uh, you know everybody everybody has their you know sustainable water bottles, and some things that are missing in our parks are water refill stations. Uh, if I can just uh, share my screen real quick, uh, this is our this is our water fountain at Gabrielson Park. Um, it, it's a little bit of a relic. Uh, I was over there taking a photo yesterday and somebody came up to me and said, I was at this park yesterday and this water fountain was running and I had to go and turn it off uh, to make sure that it did not continue to run. Um, so things like that. Uh, being able to create water refill stations at those parks uh, could really be beneficial to the public and be beneficial to our events. Uh, being able to get something uh, like this um, out over there where it has the water fountain, has the water bottle uh, refill, and then has the little dog bowl area over there. So then uh, everybody could be happy. Um, our furry friends along with our uh, community members and uh, Dunphy Park has a water refill station once it was uh, renovated which is great right over at the bathhouses I use it uh, every time I'm down there uh, MLK Park does not have it and the campus over there does not have a water refill station uh, and uh, I it in someone correct me if I'm wrong if there is a water fountain somewhere uh, in that area um, we have a field house right there that have bathrooms. There's irrigation all along the park. It would be really great to be able to get a water refill station over at the uh, field. There's two soccer fields that are over there and it gets high use. And I'm sure people have, you know, throwing out water bottles and bringing single use plastic to um, the field on a regular basis. So being able to get those um, along with uh, Robin Sweeney Park, uh, right outside of City Hall, right outside from here, there is a water fountain. Um, it's old. Uh, it definitely can be, you know, upgraded to something 
uh, like I just showed. And I think the public would be uh, really happy with things like that. Obviously, uh, if you saw the price of that water refill station, it's like $5,000. Uh, so it is a pretty penny uh, to put those in there. Um, but I'm sure that there's you know, some measure, uh, either AA funds or measure B funds uh, that could be utilized for that um, because measure B funds are for um, uh, utilizing uh, like bike and pedestrian uh, traffic. And you could probably frame it as something for cyclists if it's close to a cycling route. Um, so those are, those are areas that you can also explore as measure B uh, does have funds that are coming into the city. Um, aside from that, uh, talking to all of my vendors, uh, yesterday I had a vendor meeting with all of my jazz and blues vendors. They're all people that have worked with us in the past. And, you know, I let them know about our, our um, ban for single-use plastic. And a lot of them already uh, work with World Centric up in Petaluma to get plates, cups, and utensils. Uh, that are uh, fibrous, that can be uh, disposed of uh, at our events, at all of our events. We have signage for compost recycling um, and landfill uh, that has uh, all the things that are supposed to be in those particular bins. Uh, Bay City has been really great with providing uh, the additional containers for our events to make sure that uh, we are not overfilling our garbage cans or recycling bins uh, or compost bins during our events. Uh, like if Jazz and Blues happens on a Friday, we have all of these uh, extra bins that we use so that um, during the weekend when tourists and other people go utilize Gabrielson Park, they're not spilling garbage out into um, the beautiful parks that we have. Uh, one of the things that was brought uh, I think that uh, Lauren and I, when we were emailing, we were talking about uh, sustainable ways for events. Um, I was just talking with Greg a little earlier today uh, from Bay City uh, about uh, stainless steel cups. And one of the things that I talked with my vendors last night was being able to uh, purchase uh, stainless steel cups and bringing them to our events so that uh, any patrons that are purchasing alcohol um, could, instead of getting a plastic cup or a paper cup that they would throw out, they would get a sustainable cup that would have um, our logo on it, along with Bay Cities, and uh, Greg was gracious enough to be a sponsor for it. So we are going and purchasing um, a thousand of these cups that we're going to provide at our city events, and depending on how quickly we sell out of them, uh, we'll go and we'll make another uh, purchase with them. They are, um, they're $5 per cup, and we're going to be selling them for $2. Um, and uh, the goal is that the uh, city and its consumers, um, you know, have a reduced cost from, you know, a whole wide variety of things. Uh, them purchasing that $2 cup will give them a dollar less uh, for the next drink that they purchase. So if they purchase the first drink for $5 and buy that cup for two, the next drink will be $4 that they purchase and any drink after that will be a dollar less for them. Uh, and it's just a way to incentivize people for more sustainability and for being able to um, provide, you know, more uh, sustainable things um, at our events. I 
learned about this type of tactic at the EcoFest at uh, Fairfax. And uh, I still have like six of their cups in my cupboard. So, uh, and that was like five years ago. So I'm sure uh, they will be a fixture in people's houses for a long time to come. Uh, one thing that I would love to see is that the sustainable committee um, come out to Parks and Rec events and talk about all of the things that uh, they've been doing that, that the, the presentation before uh, me was so wonderfully done and everything about it was so informative and great. And it would be really wonderful to be able to inform the public on these things. Uh, we just talked about um, compliance without having to like push it in people's faces. And I think going out to events where you have a thousand people and there's a tent that is our sustainability tent, talking about the products that we have out there, talking about Bay City and what it's doing to be able to help um, create a more sustainable Salsalito would be a really great way to be able to put, um, you know, a, a face to the name a, of what we're doing on a regular basis. So being able to get out at our Jazz and Blues events, being able to be at the 4th of July parade, um, at the Chili Cook-Off, uh, and, and at larger events that we have, you know, Aria's in the park, there's a few hundred people that go to it. Um, is that something that you necessarily need to go to when they're having champagne and strawberries and blueberries? Maybe, maybe not. Um, we provide um, reusable champagne flutes for them and everything that we have for that event uh, is sustainable and reusable. Um, but it's really great to be able to provide that information uh, to the public. Um, so, um, that is all that I have for you. I really appreciate you um, giving me the time to talk about it today. I'm happy to answer any questions uh, and looking forward to working with you uh, in the future on these projects and hope we can get them um, activated. And, uh, you know, it was literally just today that Greg and I were talking and I said, okay, I'll push send. We can do this um, and we can get it going, which is really awesome. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hear comments and questions now from the commission and city council liaison, and then we will go to members of the public um, after that. So, um, Melissa, I just had no idea you were doing this much at Park and Rec, Brian. I want to invite you to come present it as a ten minute presentation before a city council meeting. I'm gonna bring it up at agenda setting tomorrow. I'm just really excited especially the cup buyback program, which we've been talking about doing for a long time. So I just really wanted to tip the hat to you and say that we appreciate it. And I feel like the community deserves to know about it and the hard work that you're doing. So that's all I had to say. Great. Thanks, Melissa. David. Yeah, I'm wondering, you mentioned the, the you know, the music events. Um, it's a great forum where if we could get two minutes or a minute prior to the event starting, um, in addition to maybe some other sort of peripheral benefits around maybe a, a table or what have you, um, to just talk about this in front of that, um, you know, the crowd that shows up for that event. I mean, obviously there are lots of sponsor tables. There's um, a lot of people who come in from the community and sit on the grass and it, it's extremely well attended event. And so it's a great place to, to do a shout out. And I don't, know the protocol around you know hopping up there with a microphone saying hey you know here's some things to think about and there's our table and here's a cup and be a great way to do that and and so i would advocate for um you know 30 seconds or 60 seconds where we could get on stage and actually communicate 
what it is that we're doing and what it is that we're thinking about and how people can can apply their their sort of lot their their incentive and 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 compliance around this. Yeah, absolutely. We um, we definitely have opportunities for that. I think that if you do have a tent at the event, uh, I will be the MC of the jazz and blues events. Uh, and we do speak upon, you know, making sure to dispose of your waste properly and compost and recycle your your things and to uh, uh, take things off the tables, as some people think we're also their bussers. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, we we try to 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 let people know, but it is difficult when you have, you know, a thousand people. So being able to say, hey, go go over to the tent over there and talk to, you know, our sustainability uh, commissioners or, or volunteers and, and um, you know, talk about how you could help be more sustainable or how you can help out. Um, you know, I'm happy to, you know, throw that plug out there to make sure that it is known to the public and that, you know, that you will be there or members will be there. And, and I'm happy to set yeah. up the tent and my team could set the tent up for you uh, week in and week out. Yeah. And, and maybe not even that level of of sort of lifting, it might even be as simple as a PDA. Like, hey, here's some things to think about and enjoy the music, right? Um, so <laughs> there's there's lots of ways to 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 create um, awareness and advocacy. So, um, but thank you for uh, offering that to us. And I think as a group, I'm sure um, I, I know that I'm there almost at every event and and we purchase a table as well. So I think it'd be fun to think about how we could take advantage of that. Happy to work with you. Kim Marie. Um, Brian, I actually have a question about the water refill stations, but uh, the conversation just before this reminded me, um, does anybody remember the Wizard of Waste? And if so, could the Wizard of Waste jump up on the stage? Wait a am, am I just like totally dating myself or? <laughs> you are not, we have <laughs> talked about the Wizard of Waste here before and I figured out who it was oh. recently. We have okay. to revisit this. It's from the original waste. When the Sustainability Commission's main purpose was waste, I think Greg would know where the costume is, right? The <laughs> Wizard of Waste costume. Can you fill us in on this? Because I, well, I the know. wizard, the Wizard of Waste, actually, <laughs> what was his license plate? His license plate too, Greg. Do you remember what I'm talking well, about? Um, the yeah, old license plate Dick, that was like it wasn't the Wizard of Waste, but it was something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Dick Seashore did the, a lot of the Wizard of Waste, and then Bill Rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And though they did quite, they did. They they were the two main wizards. I'm, yeah. I don't know where the costume ended up at. It's been floating around, but yeah, it's still around. We actually still have some old bumper stickers with <laughs> the wizard on it. So <laughs> he did all the Fourth of July events and everything. So yeah, it was just quite. Wow. <laughs> maybe we maybe we could have the compost kernel. Come out. This goes back, back to the late, the late oh, yeah, 90s. Going with this, yeah. The late um, 90s is what what it looks like. So yeah. I mean, wow. We have a parade coming up. We could unveil this. This. Bring them back. We'll get into that on the outreach subcommittee. Yeah, that's right. all. Um, I, so to ask uh, Brian to ask about these water refill stations. Oh, and before I forget, yes, there are um, drinking fountains at the MLK field, and they're totally gross and disgusting, and usually don't work. But um, that aside, in terms of water refill stations, you said they cost about five thousand dollars each, and that Measure B has funds. What does it take to get these funds kicked loose to buy these things? 
That's a good question. Um, I can definitely get back to you on that. I'm not, uh, I was just looking at uh, measure A, measure AA and measure B funds um, as they um, have, they're all separate in, in taxes that come from the county to uh, the city of Sausalito. And I'm not exactly sure what is allocated for this particular year. Um, right. But I believe that is something that uh, you'd create a proposal, a staff report, bring in a city council um, and get it approved to be able to utilize those funds and then um, create a purchase order for it and, and go for it if it's approved. Uh, okay. I, I believe that is the process I could I could be wrong on that. Um, uh, that's what I did for my bocce lights. I'm sure there's a similar process for things like that. But I'm sorry, Lauren, protocol question. Does something like that get initiated from the Sustainability Commission or do we ask staff to come to the Sustainability Commission with the proposal or how does yeah, this so, so um, yeah, we, we went over the uh, Greg and I met with with Ali and and in the transition of the, the former liaison to talk exactly about this type of protocol. Uh -huh. um, but essentially, it would be deciding as a group here if this is something that we would do going that route of encouraging that direction and putting that to a vote. And then, and by the way, Ali, correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong. And then it would be you know, we can help advise and, 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 you know, ultimately the city has to write the staff report, city staff, but we can revise and, and, you know, brainstorm together on it. And in some cases we've actually gone so far as to help draft, uh, but ultimately then it goes and the staff takes it um, to the city council. Of course, it has to get on the agenda. Um, and, and we can be there to speak and, and as the public can, and, and it sort of moves through that process and, and, and that's, that's one way to go. Um, I would imagine that if it got, got it did not get approved, there wasn't enough funds, then we would probably then take it back and say, okay, do we wanna spin that into, um, do we wanna spin that into a, a fundraiser opportunity? Do we want to go out to organizations like, you know, the Sausalito Women's Club or Sausalito Beautiful or do public fundraising at events and think about how could we, you know, get everyone together in the community to do this and get in public branding and blah, blah, blah. But I think doing it through the city is the, the preferable way, the to way to go. Yeah. But, but, yeah. But I mean, Melissa, Ali, does any of that, do you disagree with with that as the right next approach? Uh, no, I think I think that's right. I think uh, it, it initially comes from you and from the commission um, on what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you relay it to me. Um, I kind of put the staff report and talked to you know how how large is my bandwidth or is it is it feasible to do? Yeah. Um, and I think through your subcommittees, maybe you help me out along yeah. the way. Um, yeah. We haven't really done one together yet, but. Um, well, and, and this one is interesting too, because it's not, there's staff reports like the one we helped draft on, you know, some use plastic bands. Those are things that are really require deep research, which we help do. And, and there's other ordinances, other towns. This is kind of like, you know, a more straight up, there's a water fountain. Here's what water fountains do. Here's what it looks like. We want some cash. Here's the locations. 
and it should be pretty straightforward. So, I mean, I, I personally would be, I mean, I think it's, it's a huge need for the city to bring us into the, the modern world that has these, these stations, that picture you showed, Brian, is enough of a business case, certainly, I would think to anyone. Uh, you know, I, I just, I went to the Mill Valley Music Festival uh, last weekend. I thought they did a fantastic job with their messaging uh, in advance, you know, all of their, you know, communication to the city about, you know, bring your water bottle. Like, we're not selling you anything. You're going to have to go. And they had massive, I mean, it's a huge scale event. So they had massive, you know, containers of water. But just getting into that expectation in our community that when you go anywhere, you go to these events, you go for a bike ride, you take your reusables because you are not going to be offering you up plastic anymore. And so I, I would be, um, I, I, I would be a fan of, of moving forward with, with a motion to develop a staff report to get some water fountains in there. But before I do that, I just want to say, Brian, oh my gosh, you know, you saw my smile when you started talking about the stainless steel. I'm so thrilled. That was, that was sort of the beginning of our conversation that we had when we met. Is it stainless steel? Is that what you said? Yes. So then we'll be okay. And I think the tourists will, will love that. And, and even if we have people then throwing them away, then Greg, it, it goes through your system as, as a recycle item. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be recycled if they, if they end up there. Okay. And we could uh, even have like a donation area. Like if you don't, if you don't want your cup afterwards, we can have a little box mm -hmm. or something that says, you know, recycle your, you know, cups here. Um, yeah. We we also were, you know, if the water fountains were something that were able to to get in, um, we were also discussing the opportunities for, you know, because we do sell things at events. We sell like sweatshirts and. Um, a bunch of different things at events and you know i'd be happy to purchase you know water bottles that were like you know good quality water bottles that had logo on it um that were like you know sausalito water bottles that people could purchase so that we didn't have to sell water because it is a challenge to you know you're going to an event and if you don't have you know if you have this old water fountain where you're trying to you know move the bottle in like it's a yeah. tough it's a tough sell to you know people come up to me and they say where, where can i get water and right. i'm like just go over there <laughs> get some water at that water fountain exactly and i mean and that's that's the the why i wanted to come back to you on that first before moving to a vote because i think that there's so many competing priorities on a city council agenda right um but if there's any way I mean, do you think we can drop this in consent on a staff report or not? Can it, can it, it can, it, can, it has to be debated on if it's, you're asking for money, right? It doesn't, it, if it's, if it's underneath the city manager's $30,000 budget line item. So it could be put on consent and I could see it being not non-controversial. I would really like to see at least a recorded video of Brian talking about all of the great work that's being done. I would prefer for it to be a presentation. But mm -hmm. yeah, you could probably drop it on consent. I'll bring it up tomorrow. The issue is that we haven't mentioned it in a public forum about adding it to the agenda. And I want to be really transparent. Yeah. That's generally our process. I didn't know about this before Tuesday or I would have add, done it as an ad agenda item. But I will mention it in my agenda setting being with the mayor tomorrow because I know she's 100% on board and supportive of all of these sustainability projects as well. So we'll just figure out the best approach and circle back. Um, okay. But I don't think yeah. it would be controversial. It's more like, I don't want to miss an opportunity for Brian to present on all his great ideas yeah. as well. So I think it would be 
cool if it was a business item for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will discuss it with the mayor and the city manager and we'll figure out a way that makes sense. That's awesome. I mean, the sooner what I would hate is that's like, okay, and jazz and blues and like, it's the last final jazz and blues. Look at our water fountains. <laughs> he shouldn't actually, Ali, you should be able to within your, uh, um, I mean, Brian, you should be able to within your budget from Parks and Rec, assuming that the city manager, I mean, I don't know what your specific budget criteria is for jazz and blues, but I'll also talk to Chris about it because it may not even need to be the water bottles may not need to be an agendized item, but I do believe you presenting on these new initiatives by Park and Rec deserve to be heard by the community. So whichever way forward that is, I'll yeah, explore. We, we can look into the, you know, measure A is for parks and open spaces. And we've been using those funds for Southview Park, Dumphy Park, for the bocce lights, for a whole variety of different things. Um, I'm not sure what the allocated funds are for 2022-2023. Measure A is up for vote um, in the county this uh, year. So, um, you know, who knows what uh, its fate will be, um, but it is a really great uh, tax that comes into the city because it does give us opportunities to be able to you know, utilize these funds for park projects and for things in there. So uh, being able to even put one or two of them in uh, as updates, um, you know, could be utilized. And, you know, Measure B is for transportation. Um, I was just I was just looking it up. And uh, but but there's there's ways to be able to utilize those funds for that. And it, it, it um you know, obviously, like it's for transportation and, and pro- projects and programs, uh, like you know, getting a bus, uh, like l- lane or getting a bus, uh, like mm-hmm. depot or something. Um, but you know, I think that when you're looking at you know how many cyclists come through the city on a regular basis, um, you know, I think that there's sometimes upwards of like four thousand people pre-COVID that were coming uh, on you know, driving on Bridgeway on a Saturday. Um, that's a lot of people. Um, that's a lot of potential waste that people are going and buying a single use bottle. So, um, having something where they can stop and refill their water bottles is, uh, you know, a great opportunity, uh, for everybody. Kevin. Yeah, we'll work with everybody to try to get that drinking fountain in. I don't think this is a huge deal. We can, we can make something happen. Well, that is exciting. If we can try and get something in there at the, you know, at least by the 4th of July, you know, that like for the summer, that would be amazing before, before we actually get warm weather in Sausalito. Um, that's wonderful. Brian, this is such fantastic news. And I agree with Melissa, the community needs to hear about all the great work that's being done. And, and thank you for coming. Um, anyone else have any questions? And then I had a question for you, Lauren, on the on the Mill Valley Festival. Was there no water bottles being served at all through the whole event? And how many water fo- water fountains were there? There was, um, you know, they you were told specifically in all your ticket information uh, what to bring, what not to bring. You know, bring low rise chairs with this. Bring your refillable water bottle because that's how you're going to get water. I didn't see any water being sold. And they, you went and it looked like mini water towers. And when they had, they were big round and they had, you know, you went and you press the button and, you know, a friend was refilling next to me and you sort of stand around this big giant thing of water. Uh, and they had three okay. of them in the back. 
but we're talking like multiple thousands people it was a massive festival sure okay um but uh lots of signage on waste and you know definitely sustainability was front and center in the in the invitations in the tickets and all of that great um Um, i just want lauren i just wanted to mention it's greg i just wanted to mention that uh uh, you know, it was good to work with Brian here the last, you know, couple of weeks and then talk about, and then he, he jumped in about the, the stainless steel cups and we were you know, ready to go for it. So, uh, you know, and, and help out with the other events, but um, we're going to be, and I'm going to confirm with you now, Brian, that we will do the July 22nd um, jazz Great. date. So um, that, that's something if the commission wants to think about, we'll be there. Last year, we had to give up our date for somebody else that needed, that needed it more than us, but it's an event we do and then donate the funds back. So whatever money we make, we, we purchase all the food and everything. And then just whatever we make, we donate back. So if, if the commission wants to be part of that day and get a message out, you know, we'll be there with, you know, cooking. So that might be an opportunity. That's great. great Thanks, Greg. I'll be, I I have a table too. So like between David and I, you got two commissioners that are going to be there most (laughs) every week. Um, Okay. Uh, so yes, let's build upon that. We'll talk about that in our outreach meeting. I, I know Greg, you have to go, um, but we'll, we can pick that up offline. And okay. um, um, so it sounds like I don't necessarily. Well, why don't we just go take a vote? So we're all, we're all. I'm going to move that we're going to move forward with water fountains in some way that's going to be determined offline in the next few days by the city. But as a commission, I move that we we vote and really get behind getting water fountains in our parks pretty quickly. Do I have a second? Second. Do I need to to call the roll for that? Please. Yes. Uh, Chair Wiley. Yes. Uh, Vice Chair Thompson. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Cooper. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Jalali. Yes. Commissioner Wiltshire, Wiltshire. Yes. Commissioner Stevenson. Yes. That's six. That passes. A for hydration. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. And thank you, Brian. So excited about the stainless steel. Thank you, Greg, for your sponsorship of that. And I'm really excited to get really involved in promoting all of this great work this summer. And like I said, we'll be getting to that later on in the agenda. So. Thank you. Um, did uh, did we need to go now? I think to public comment. Um, I know Alejandra had had her hands raised. I don't know if she passed on a message to Juliana, but um, can you call for public comment, please, Ali? Um, yeah, let me see. Um, if you want to comment during public uh, comment portion of the agenda, you can use the raise hand function in Zoom under the reactions button at the bottom of your screen. Or you can press star nine if you're calling in. Uh, the public comments is limited to three minutes per speaker. That being said, are there any members of the public who would like to comment on those items? Oh, I see. I see. Kevin has raised his hand again. Uh, that's kind of you to follow me. It looks like uh, David Cooper has his hands raised as well. Um, my quick item, it's not on the agenda, but I just wanted to update this commission that we're trying to bring forward the item related to leaf blowers. 
And um, one of the things we were looking at is the actual code in which it was to be updated. And there are more things that might need to be done to that code that don't relate to leaf blowers specifically. So it might relate to other items having to do with noise levels. So I'm, I'm investigating this. It's supposed to go on the 24th of May, but it might have to go back to the planning commission for these other items. I just wanted to update this commission on it. Thank you. So leaf blowers is still moving, but, but, but perhaps is going to hit an obstacle and go back to commission, to another commission. Yes, but it, <clears throat> the hurdle doesn't have to do with the leaf blowers specifically. It has yeah. to do with other items within okay. the code section. <laughs> okay. Noted. Thank you for that update. David, was so, sorry, I thought that was an old hand. That's, that's a new hand. You had comments? I've been called an old hand before. Um, <laughs> um, no, just sort of uh, riffing on this concept of the wizard of waste for a moment. Um, turns out that Phil Frank is a rather prolific cartoonist and well-known within the San Francisco Chronicle and had a, a variety of cartoon um, series that were very well known throughout um, you know, the public domain and is a, a local. Um, the, the Bolinas Museum um, apparently has some of his work and so forth. And I love the idea of, of maybe reaching out to the Frank family and seeing if we could regenerate this Wizard of Waste. Um, there were, there's an article back in 97 in the Marin Scope about how, how Sausalito was utilizing this particular cartoon to create advocacy and awareness around trash and recycling, you know, back in 97. So, so you know, there's a little spark here. And it might be fun to think about how we can um, reach out to, to the family and maybe like bring this, this particular um, um, sort of cartoon back to life and, and how we could utilize that for all of the, the good that it was doing back in 97. Obviously, Sausalito thought it was very important to have that um, relationship back then. Um, he passed away in his mid sixties, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if there's something here might be kind of fun to play with. I mean, there is. And, and on my outreach update, I have 4th of July to talk about. Right. And because we need to we need to talk about that. That is this is this is our moment to come out and be in front of the public walking on a, you know, down a street, driving an electric car, you know, doing whatever. But, you know, perhaps this fits into that kernel of idea and and. Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, planning group. According to this article, the Wizard of Waste um, was created specifically and exclusively for the Waste Management Committee, and um, so I don't know the history, the legacy, or what's going on with that. But um, there's something here that we could revive, which might be kind of fun. And Melissa, do you have any? You said you were looking into it. Or have a history a few, a few years ago someone mentioned the waste wizard to us and sent me an email about it all right so let me let me look and see because they were original member of the waste committee so let me see what i can find out i mean it could be kind of a fun theme right if you think about coming back together um after this you know this pandemic and and you know we could reach out to former members of of commissions past and 
kind of all come in mass and you know we could we could get some new energy and all show up together invite them to walk with us you know there's lots of ideas um but um yeah. Brian to go judge bocce ball so so I'll, I, we can pick this up in, in in a minute when we get into housekeeping i just want to keep brian hanging on the line bye brian um, does anyone go referee have any... make sure everybody thanks so much brian you're very welcome. The game, I, I was just informed that uh, the game ended, so uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, you giving me the time to talk today, and uh, thank you so much, and I look forward to more meetings with each and every one of you. Yes, you will. Uh, I, uh, we will be in touch very soon. Thank you. You got it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Um. Okay, so so let's move in and, and keep up the talking because you know we'll, we'll be there soon. So we're going to move into housekeeping and committee updates to take us through the end. And um, uh, Melissa, you would be up first with the city council liaison update. Great. So just a couple of updates. We touched on a lot of these things, but the leaf blower ban is supposed to be on the May 20th, 28th agenda. Kevin did a great job of giving the reasoning there. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, I think we're still tracking and I brought up at the last council meeting having the County of Marin give an update on their electrification in buildings ordinance so that we know that we're on time and on track for that. I had a call with someone from the EV squad yesterday uh, or the electrification squad yesterday to talk through um, some of that and some of our options. So that's something that's on the radar as well. Um, those are the main big pieces um, that are related to this committee. We also had a great update from the sea level rise task force um, at our last city council meeting. Um, and they've continued to look at what the probability for inundation is. And there's some really amazing GIS maps. The presentation is available online. Um, it was really well done. Greg's been a great representative from our commission to that group. So they're doing a lot of really good work for next to, for basically just as out of the goodness of their heart. So that's um, a good process that's moving along as well, and we just heard from them. I think those are the biggest updates as they relate to the Sustainability Commission. Um, there is some conversation around improvements to the ferry plaza. I was at a meeting this morning about that, and um, the only thing for this group that might be relevant around that is maybe we can have a conversation at some point with the working group around making sure that the, that the plants that are selected are um, drought resistant and carbon capturing if possible, and perhaps we bring Oscar back in to talk about that because um, he's doing some really great work on it as well. I also wanted to share that the Community Development Department has a really great young new planner who is very passionate about all things mitigating climate change. And so it might be interesting to engage her to come to some of our meetings too. Elia was talking about Carla. She's really excited about all of she this. Is. She, she is. She yeah. to talk about it. So I did want to share that out too. It's great to have some young blood that's really passionate about um, climate change and working on these issues. So just some of the main updates um, and I'll let you know what's coming up on the agenda as that evolves too. Awesome. And hopefully with the ferry planning uh, comes uh, refill stations and water fountains along with it. Yeah, 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 definitely. And this should be part of the conversation. Great. Okay, anybody have questions for Melissa before we, we move on? Okay, so next it's um, over to uh, waste, which you all I believe have heard enough of today. I don't think I need to do to go into 
uh, more, unless Greg, you have anything that you want um, to discuss tonight. No, no, nothing, we're good. The only other thing that I have other than what we heard today that's on my list for waste is what I mentioned to you, I think Greg before, which is other than all those beautiful, you know, three bin systems that we have in our parks, those little lonely guys that are just out in the mm -hmm. middle of the street with no signage, no sorting, you know, those get a lot of our, our trash and it's not sorted. And so there's probably, a, I mean, certainly there's, there's, you see all this great stuff and then you see, oh, then there's that one. And I noticed a lot of them on the, on the trash cleanup, which brought it to my list again. Um, so, you know, we can just, it'd be nice to keep an eye on that and talk about as we move forward into next grant cycle, you know, and signage and what can we do to direct people across the street or do we take them out? Do we need them? Um, do we need more of the three ways, but how can we phase out just the lonely guy in the middle of the street? Well, it's consolidation. I think it's really what we, you know, that's what happened with the other ones. You just consolidate. I mean, if like the sea wall has, you know, maybe five or six, I mean, people will walk to a, you know, a container, you know, maybe put, you know, two or three areas there versus, you know, having four or five down the whole seawall and just have, and have a triplet or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. And I, I think I brought it up to Lauren from Parks and um, Public Works and he, he was looking to see what kind of inventory they had. Great. Excellent. Okay, um, so for the next one, um, I'll share my screen. And so this is outreach. So uh, I checked with Ollie offline because I, I did meet with Kimmery, as you heard, uh, for a little uh, session to onboard her since since uh, she wasn't able to attend last week. And we determined that you know she would join the outreach um, committee as well and, and waste as well because um, uh, she was interested in in communicating in the in the multifamily housing area. But uh, I was able to confirm that we can have four people on outreach because Nick, as an alternate, you can be, we don't have to just stick to the three. We can actually talk in four, which is great. So we have a, a full outreach subcommittee able to activate a lot of the plans that you know have been basically waiting and on hold. And I'm going to just talk through those quickly. Um, so, so the what the basically the laundry list of, of opportunity here is with with organizations. Um, and then with with events, and then of course, with communication. So when we go through our orgs, I won't spend too much time on this except for our actions. We, we know we've collaborated with Sausalito Women's Club again. I just wanna say that next week I'll, I'll be traveling for work, but May 17th, if anyone is available and interested, the Sausalito Women's Club Sustainability Commission has invited uh, our commission and, and guests, if you'd like, you know, your significant other um, to to a casual gathering hosted by them at Fish from five to seven. So just interested in saying hi and, and learning about what they're doing and thinking, talking about collaboration or um, sustainability. That was an invitation I said I would pass on. And then we've also been invited to speak um, at a brown bag uh, at the club in their next uh, planning 
set er, selection based or planning for it. So between September and January, sometime in the fall, winter, we'll go there and present on whatever is timely to present on. And we just need to throw out three dates for consideration to them. So um, I think what I'll do is, is maybe suggest that I take that offline with outreach and we can come up with some dates that work for at least, you know, a couple or all of us and then present those options to the commission or sorry, to the committee. Um, and then we'll, we'll announce um, that date and hope as many people can come. Sound, sound okay? Okay, that's mainly just a logistics thing and an FYI. Sausalito, beautiful, there's nothing currently uh, on action for us there, except if you are not already on their mailing list, you might wanna do that because you know they send out a lot of volunteering uh, notifications and beautification, tree planting, other things. So just something if it's not already on your radar, especially for the new folks, um, consider signing up for that newsletter. Um, and then Kimmery found this organization that I can't believe I hadn't heard of before. Um, it's a nonprofit, Marin City Climate Resilience and Health Justice. They have a video that's available on YouTube that you all should watch. It talks about the issues facing the community right next door to us. It, the fact that I didn't know uh, about everything that, that they are observing that's going on in their community was, was quite eye-opening for me, um, especially because, you know, I've spent the last couple of years really learning about environmental justice and climate justice and in the other work that I do. And so, you know, I'm putting on global webinars about things happening in other parts of the world and, and I wasn't even aware of what was happening right next door. That was a bit of a concern, but I think an, ex an exact example of, of what we are intending to do with our 90265 relationship building, our invitation for people to join our commission. But as we've talked about in the past, we really want a relationship build. Um, and to that end, I did go to the Marin City cleanup. The morning of the cleanup here in the afternoon, I went to, I was cleaning up a lot of trash that day. Um, I went to the Marin City one, met the head of the Marin Housing uh, Program, the county, met the organizer there that Alyssa, you had introduced me via email to a, a long time ago, I think, but, or someone had, and, and I- Oh, good, yeah, yet. great. You know, started making connections there, but this particular organization, um, you know, Kimmery and I are gonna meet, I think Monday you would propose, Kimmery, we can talk about how to, how to reach out and just get a connection going. I think it would be really great for them to come and speak at a future meeting and for just to, to, to hear what's going on. And I'd like to personally go investigate with the county um, some of these things that I'm learning about. So I, I think personally, this is a really interesting area of connection for us. Um, and it's important we know about the shared goals because some of the things that they're talking about could be affecting our our city limits as well. Um, I just, you know, toxins, chemicals in the water. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I know nothing except what I just viewed on a 10 minute uh, YouTube this afternoon, but I wanted to put it on the list and tell you all that we're reaching out um, and more to come on that relationship that we wanna build. Um, and then there's events. Um, 
Uh, so let's talk about Jazz and Blues quickly. We heard the exciting news about, you know, it will be there and complying with everything that we're working hard to, to promote. I do agree that we need to be there. Um, maybe not every single week. We don't need to have a tent, but I love Greg's idea about going together on the 22nd and having that be a day where we make ourselves available and focus our energy there. So would everyone be excited to, to do that and, and focus on the 22nd? Great. Um, Melissa, do we have a Brown Act problem when we, we don't, right? We're there in a Just don't talk about us. business. You can hang out together. It's fine. You just can't and talk about, I mean, we're, we're often all at social events together. You just yeah. cannot talk about any of the business items unless it's agendized, but you can hang out. Right. And we can give the community information in like shifts. We can man a table. And right. Shift. No, well, I mean, if yeah. you're giving information and you're just handing stuff out, I don't think that that's related to business items. Yeah. So it, it's fine. Right. Right, but if someone wants to come in and start debating about, you know, well, why, why isn't leaf blowers passed yeah. yet or something, then we have to say, I'm, you know, sorry, we can't talk about that now, but, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and, yeah. and I can also have, have Mary write up a paragraph of what we can and can't do just for oh, our convenience really before helpful. Jazz and Blues. I'll reach out to her. Thank you. And um, so, so, and as I mentioned, I mean, I, I'm going to be there you know, a lot, if I'm in town and not traveling, I'll be there. And it sounds like David, you have plans to be there. Um, if you have, if you don't, if you don't normally go or don't know about it, it's awesome. Just such a huge community event. So um, we can keep talking about that, but let's all mark our calendars for July 22nd. I hope I did, I hope I'm mid for that. Um, and, um, and then let's talk about 4th of July and, and continue that conversation without, you know, going on too long since we're, we're going to run late tonight. Um, I will say that from a planning perspective, I will not be at the next commission meeting. I will be uh, attending a wedding in Mexico. Um, so unable to even dial in. Um, so would be great to kind of get the ball rolling on some ideas for the parade and then decide on, you know, maybe some, some planning meetings that we could have before for those who are interested in being involved in planning. And then you guys will ultimately, Greg will be leading the charge in the meeting next, uh, next commission and, and you guys can move forward that. So first of all, are we all excited about walking in the parade or driving an EV in the parade and some of us walking? Can we all, can we all, generally go anyone can anyone not go to the fourth of july parade are we dealing with a full house full house all I, right i can go excellent um melissa i'm assuming you'll be marching with city council or or somewhere nearby and maybe i think i have to have my own i don't know what the rules are i prefer to march with you guys if i can well, if maybe it's an option i'll just join you car. you can position your council car and, and, you know, you can have your city council like before or after us. So we all sort of all blend together. Yeah, 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 exactly. We'll figure it out. Okay. And then the idea that, that, uh, that David had talked about, I mean, this is a fun idea for typically in the past, you know, there's, there's people do floats and people do, you know, ideas. And the last one that I was at, the commission handed out compost bags. And sometimes there's costumes, sometimes there's not. We, what do you all think about how you want to show up? 
we want to like do a, a do we want to invite old commission members and explore this waste wizard idea? Do we want to anybody have any burning ideas that that a subgroup can can knock around? Well, Greg's going to let us know if he can find the Wizard of Waste costume. I like David's <laughs> idea about. Um, Talking to Susan Frank, are there old, uh, I have no idea what the copyright or anything is on that. And maybe I, uh, I'm, I'm making this up. I have no idea. Um, a huge poster um, that we walk down the street with huge posters. Um, uh, personally, I think handing out compost bags is, I don't know, kind of boring, but that's just me. Um, uh, I'd rather throw Hershey's Kisses at them, but yeah, <laughs> Who's going to pick up the foil? Uh, <laughs> that's right. Okay, oh, thank you. Thank you. I think, yeah, I think reaching out to the Frank family, if we can, if we can just sort of revitalize that, I think is a really cool, I mean, the retro aspects of it are fun and, and, and just the cartoonish nature of it and the Frank sort of legacy. I, it just seems, it just, I don't know, it feels good. Um, so I'm happy to take a little leadership in that. Um, I know somebody at the Bolinas Museum, it's my neighbor, um, and who's an institution in Bolinas as well. So um, I'll sign up for a little bit of reconnaissance on that and see where we can go with it. Nice. Well, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, that this is the commission owns it. Um, it, it Phil Frank designed it, it or drew it. I think, I forget, I think Carol Pelts might have asked them to do it. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that the commission, it was drawn up, given, you know, given to the commission, they, they, they've used it. It was, you know, sure it was underneath the wizard of waste, but, um, well, I mean the waste committee, but it was the same thing. So I'm pretty sure that's, that's, that's kind of a done deal. Okay. Well, we'll do a little bit of work yeah. on it. It's been yeah. 90, 97 was a long time ago. And, oh yeah. Seeing that you could pack, package in a 35th anniversary, right? I mean, yes. right. I mean, 97 was 35 years ago. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was whoa, whoa. It was not 35 years ago. I was born in 88, and I am not yet 35. Let's get on that. Full years. Sorry. Thanks for the math correction. That's not the long time. He had a long career. 25 though. years. 25. Yeah. 25. 25. Yeah. Yeah, he had a long career though. The Wizard of Waste was actually around for quite a while. They had different people. I think I think many different people were that wizard. Let's so try, uh, let's try and find them all. Well, Bill, yeah, yeah. Bill Ring, I think, is the one I'll reach out to to find out. He was the probably the last one that had the sign. So, oh yeah, I, I mean, just talked to yeah. him at Rotary about this. I'll ask him because okay. yeah, I'll go to Rotary. I'll ask at Rotary too. Okay, I'll figure it out. I'm assuming this isn't former 49er Bill Ring because that would be no, a different <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should put that sign on our t-shirt once we get it all get it done t-shirts like create yes. like a t-shirt and then we all wear it. yep yes yes so okay so who wants to be on planning uh committee led by david by the david i'll help you out right on <laughs> i think lead, lead the way lead the way that's all i ask Toss me, toss me assignments, et cetera. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with trying to figure out what our baseline is around <laughs> this, so it'll be fun. Like, can we just, <laughs> like, can we just go and like order t-shirts and sell them? I mean, or is that like this, I mean, I have no well, idea. I think, I think, I mean, to, to the point of, I mean, obviously this is, 
this is uh, a, 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 you know, a creative license. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of checking, like, you know, who actually has the ability to reproduce this, this um, is one of the first steps. Yeah. Um, there probably is very little documentation to that effect, but I think it's just make, making some inquiries and just, just kind of see where we are on this and, you know, who ultimately has rights to this particular um, you know, this property, and then we can move from there. And, and I don't know, um, you know, I, I don't know how, who, you know, in terms of budget, I don't think we, we don't have a budget, this commission. So, and nor does the city, I, I, I don't think have t-shirt budget for us for 4th of July. So, you know, if we're going to look for t-shirts, just keep in mind, that's, that's yeah. self-funded, um, unless we, we can certainly do, that means, T-shirts are expensive. It's sponsor named Greg Christie. Yeah, stickers are stickers are cheap, um, and um, yeah, but you know, maybe, you know, back to the cups. Maybe we put the little dude. I think it's a dude. I don't know. I'm assuming it's a dude um, on the cups, the stainless steel cups, along with the the you know the Sausalito. Um, well, brand. the cups are probably being produced pretty quickly, so I would say we probably want to keep it separate from the cup okay. ID so we don't hold up anything, but. You know, it doesn't hurt to to reach out and ask. But um, yeah, I mean, there's this is a, this is a fun idea. But yeah, so David and Kim Marie, um, if I'm available, I'd be happy to do brainstorming sessions and whenever. I've got a lot of travel coming up, so I'm not going to be around much. But um, I love to plan a good party. Uh, okay, so fun. So everyone just turned around to July. We've got David and Kim Marie leading the way on planning, and we will be reached out to if we need to weigh in. And Kim Marie, you're on the outreach subcommittee, so just consider that extra arms and legs on planning. Oh, fun. Okay. No, I know. Okay. 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 So Good. I'm going to stop. Melissa, did you want to comment on something? No, I'm just excited. I'd really rather march with you guys than do my own thing, to be honest. <laughs> All right, so whoever's planning the map on the uh, the parade, the order of operations, this needs to position you right next to us. And uh, um, how many people have electric cars that they would donate to to drive? Um, and so we at least have one car that people can sit in and take rests and stuff. You got Greg with one. Anyone else? Okay, so Greg, between you and I, we'll figure out uh, some car, a, a car situation, so we have that option. Um, I do, yeah, I, I also have an electric car, so okay. if we need to use it as well. We'll figure that out. Um, other than that, I don't think we, we need to go anything further than, but I, we do need to understand if we're gonna ask former waste wizards and former commissioners and kind of get a big crowd together I think that there'd be some power in that um, on getting a getting a big crowd together, or at least I don't know. I just don't know who we could who we could chase down, who's around or whatever. I've met a bunch of former commissioners. There were some at the trash pickup. So are kazoo's passe these days, or has it just been done? What's a kazoo? It was like you blowing it. It makes a fun sound. Yeah, it makes a different. <laughs> um, so, Lauren, um, I'm just thinking of your, you know, the former commissioners, etc. We could entice them with a a, a kazoo uh, playing while they're marching. Like 
something something a special uh, special thing for the denote with David stickers on the kazoo. <laughs> 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 what, was, what was popular in 97 i don't i don't know it was too long ago i don't remember the macarena was popular you guys can all oh, do yeah. the macarena i think will drive people away but you know, you know. <laughs> Nick, what were you gonna say you had, was I was just saying we could do like uh we're off to see the wizard on the kazoos and like have the wizard out in front of everybody Oh, what a great idea, Nick. Good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Wizard, the kazoos. Okay. All right. We'll let the planning, the planning could go on for hours if I don't cut it short. So I'm going to cut right. it short, leave <laughs> it over to David and Kim Marie. Thank you. And now we're going to move over from 4th of July to who's next? Um, that's equity liaison update. David, anything on the liaison front on the topic? No, nothing, nothing to communicate. Marin County liaison, Greg? Uh, nothing, nothing new. It's uh, basically the collaboration is happening still. Um, and the two highest priorities for this collaboration are two highest emissions categories, transportation and uh, gas energy. Great. Um, I, I would be keen to know if through the, do you think through the Marin County liaison, it, how do you suggest we dig into a little bit about, maybe you could watch that video that I referred to, I can send it to you, be interested in your advice on who to approach at the county to get some comment on, on what's, what's being raised on that. And if they're aware, I don't know, if, if you're, you don't have any city or county people on that liaison, it's just community members. It's no, it's um, a common. There's different groups, <laughs> and uh, there are there is a, a, a nonprofit that's in you know being established as mm -hmm. the as the formal sort of county mm -hmm. uh, climate team. What, okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you send me the video, I can figure out who. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I might just reach out to the contact that I know there and ask. If okay. Anything. Okay. Um, sea level rise, Greg. Yeah, sea level rise, as Melissa said, um, there's just a lot of good work on what we need to do and, and why and when and how to, how to fund it. And, you know, um, digital mapping and everything else. So it's a really good initiative. And, and of course, one of the issues is Marinship and the housing requirement of 700 new housing and where, you know, Marinship is included in that. But how do you do that safely and securely with sea level rise? So that's one of, of course, the issues being being it being addressed and needs to be addressed so yeah okay um we're still with you greg energy subcommittee yeah. <laughs> energy um yeah melissa thank you that was great to hear that um you know the, the the priority there as we've talked about is the county ordinance on electrification that's our second highest emissions category is you know gas appliances natural gas um Mark is the lead on this and he's the expert and he's out in, in, you know, tonight, but he's been communicating with others in the county on the ordinance initiative. And one of the key messages he said was it's really important that the city council and the Department of Public Works people who are, who are pertinent to this are aware of the ordinance coming and, and, and it's not a surprise to anyone in Sausalito. So that's part of this what Melissa mentioned of communicating with the county on this. 
So we, you know, we are tracking the ordinance, moving it, you know, moving our, moving forward with it, and having input on it. Mark is the lead there, and, and uh, that's still happening, of course. Okay. How about transportation? Transportation. Um, we were hoping to have an update on the EV readiness plan that is being prepared by the county. As we've said before, we expect to. Uh, have input on that and track that and use that as the plan for Sausalito's public charging. Um, unfortunately, it's been delayed still further. We thought we would have an update, you know, this meeting, it's now going to be hopefully next meeting. So the June meeting. Um, and so we will again be using that and using that as the leverage for what Sausalito does for public EV charging and, and using yeah. that countywide plan and, and what it's going to, you know, propose. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, there's also the first public charges for lot two. I don't know, Ali, if, you, if there's any update there. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the update or what I've been working on on the side is uh, there's been an EV vendor that came through and uh, we did a site visit with them. Um, I think there was five different sites. I think they kind of honed in on Dunphy uh, park, parking lot two and the civic and the, and city hall um they were waiting to get costs on from dc electric to see how much something like this would cost they would do all of the um the grants they prepare all of that um basically be no cost to the city um and then they'd make their money back in you know the five or seven years or whatever that it is so um we're still waiting on the costs but um it, it is being the the wheels are in motion that's great. That's yeah, and great. I and I don't know how uh, the the county of Marin research report would change um, those three locations. Um, is there another one that you think that would pop up as a as a hotspot that we would be able to put an EV charger? Um, those would be those are key locations we had on our original recommendation yeah. too. So those were going to be on the plan, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one time we had you know just applying a, a an equity lens, you know, looking at both sides of town, you know, all sort of the length of the town and all of that's fairly concentrated. We we talked. Yeah. On right. Expanding that and thinking about things on. And we have we have um, we have EV charger um, prep being done for the Bayside MLK School as part of the Resilience Hub work that MCE is doing there. So that's on the list for Bayside MLK. It's just not funded. It's not um, actually in plan yet, but you know, being ready for it is there. Yeah. Okay. That was one of the so, sites so we went to. Word, but they... In other words, if we want to add Bayside MLK parking lot to that list Ali then it would already be wired for the chargers because of the MCE project for the resilience of okay and that may, and that may work um, I just think that this company thought they wouldn't be able to get the numbers um, you know the number of chargers um, the number of users at this spot and to make their money back so I think they declined okay. MLK but it's good uh, that the wiring is already there for it yeah okay Makes sense. Yeah, that's it on transportation. So, uh, Ali, great to hear about the, the progress happening there. Thank you. Yeah, sure.
And what about the, that, that was a very cool um, email exchange. There was the, that thing in Seattle, um, the, the curbside EV charging, and it looks like certain cities are starting to experiment and get really creative. Um, do you know which email I'm talking about, Greg? Yeah, and, and there's, you know, options for multifamily and curbside and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm expecting and um, hoping that the EV readiness plan we're going to get is going to include all that. And we will see. Our, our plan is to review that, have whatever input okay. we need to have on it, and then take it from there. Cool. And then what happened with this event uh, that we, you sent an email, Ollie, but between last meeting and this one that it was going to potentially move forward? Uh, yeah, so I think the city council approved it. Um, we just need to get, I believe, the city manager's signature on the um, on the agreement. You know, their talk was to um, have an event at one of the Blues by the Bay. Um, that would be our preference rather than the car intelligent, you know, down Bridgeway. Um, well, we'll all be there on July 22nd. So. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> We'll push for that. I'll push for that date, but um, it hasn't moved anywhere yet. But that was where the talks were going. I mean, that just kind of makes it an even more of a sustainability yeah. minded yeah. night out, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. That takes us to the end of housekeeping. Um, I don't think we have members of the public for comments. So I'm gonna skip over that. Um, and then we get into future business items. Um, do we, one thing that, that we're doing with Ali, you will have seen um, when he reached out for the attendance check, he also asked if you have any ideas for agenda items. We wanna make sure that your things come up between meetings that you have an opportunity to say, hey, can you, can you put this on the agenda? Can't guarantee you know, how many are gonna come in and if it's gonna get on there or not. Um, but if you do have something pressing, you know, say, you know, this is urgent or something to help um, give us the information to make a decision. We didn't get any of those uh, for the list. Um, so we have some carryover from from last week that I have on a list. Um, but does anyone have any future agenda items that they would like uh, me to put on that list? Lauren? Yes. So um, as we know, um, affordable housing um, in Sausalito is a pretty hot topic right now, to say the least. Um, you know, there's so many sustainable aspects to affordable housing. And I'm wondering if at some point we want to have someone, um, you know, either one of the nonprofit developers or uh, someone from the Marin Housing Coalition um, present to us as to what are the sustainability aspects of this affordable housing? You know, how, you know, the, the heating, the lighting, the water use, the, you know, the, the list goes, you know, what, what kind of materials are being used, et cetera. I, I'd be interested in that. And that's actually, I'm, I mentioned, I met a, someone in Marin City from the county's housing department Right. I'm meeting with her in June to talk about that with the Marin, Marin City Public Housing. They're doing a massive, you know, Huge project thing. there. Yeah. I wanted to say, you know, what what's being incorporated, talking about, you know, 
what about green spaces or you know what's being considered so you know that was an interesting conversation i was i wanted to have over there but we, i certainly agree we need to have it in our own jurisdiction and but maybe it's being count it taking is it being taken care of within that that group melissa that you think they could come present that element to us the housing element or the yeah. the I, who, or are we not I don't there think, yet i mean we can ask Beth, the consultant, the housing element committee is incredibly busy trying to finish the housing yeah. element. I think it'd be right. better to have someone from the housing authority, or as you mentioned, Kimberly, maybe someone from Bridge Housing, from one of the nonprofit. Housing. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I can get someone from Bridge for sure. Um, I have a lot, I have contacts there. So I definitely agree this is critically important. So we'll find somebody, but the HEAC is super overloaded and busy. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. so also you guys, I have an update on the Wizard of Waste. Oh. I found an email, okay. found an email from William Ring. Bill Ring reached out. This is from uh, a March 20th when we had a conversation at the Rotary table. I had an interesting discussion at Rotary this past week. Seated at the table were current and previous members of the Sustainability Commission. The subject of the Wizard of Waste came up. I have the Wizard's Assistance hat. I believe, oh. but it gets better. I believe that the main costume is in City Hall. Ask Mike Langford. Okay, I can email him. To look into the deep recesses of City Hall. My neighbor, <laughs> Elaine... Von Blon, who served briefly, might have the wizard's costume. I'll ask her when she returns from an extended trip to Hawaii. There you go. Oh my God. That's, so, that's so great. Lane Von Blon, and we know we have a wizard's hat. <laughs> great to get Bill Ring to dance, to march with us, although, or to sit in the car, because he, I mean, anyway, um, we should, I will follow up on that, but we have some information. <laughs> We've got leads on the wizard, guys. We've got <laughs> all right. All right. You got, okay. Go, go get him, Melissa. I will. Um, that's awesome. Okay, so on housing, uh, since I'm meeting with Marin Housing Authority on in June, that's like mid June, um, and you know, I think maybe that would be an interesting conversation. I'm interested to ask her while I'm meeting her what she knows about the new general housing requirements and what sustainability is being incorporated. And then also, then there's the Marin City project, but maybe we can. Can put that on a, a, an agenda, you know, later later in the. There summer. are some requirements from HCD about ratifying housing within that's not within a flood zone or a fire zone, but there aren't specific HCD, which is the authority from the state that deter, you know that certifies our housing element. There aren't specific requirements that speak to sustainability and the risks associated with current types of builds. So I think having someone from Bridge would be really helpful too. And I'll reach out. I know a couple of people on the board there. So I'll okay. see if they could be interested in coming or who their um, yeah. person they would suggest would be. Put us in touch with a, a person. That'd be great because, great. and I'm interested because there's elements of, you know, what's required in the building and where it right. is. But right. then there's things like, you know, are they keeping in mind urban heat index issues? Not that we have a huge problem with that here, but but we will. And but we, yeah, Kimberly's like, we, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, Let's just be real. You never know. But but green space and all those things that you know you know I, I'm electric vehicle chargers all, all of yeah, bicycle the, racks the other uh, stuff yeah. That, yeah we have that lens on all the time not all developers do so okay cool great one anyone else future agenda items okay so um, Melissa's chasing out bridge I have um. There's a pesticides item on there. Ali sent me some information on that. Um, um, that's still on the list. 
and then also potentially the speaker, the, the, the nonprofit that I mentioned with the YouTube video eventually maybe coming in. To and then Lauren, I don't know if you were, if you received the memo yet from the city manager about what's going to happen with boards and commissions, but I would absolutely put that on the agenda for, we didn't have time to put it on the agenda for this meeting. So I didn't think we could have a substantial conversation about it, but because of the strain on staff um, and the requirements of a Brown Act committee for how much time goes into scheduling it, posting it, all these staffing it, we had a discussion at the city council about potentially um, essentially changing the format away from not, not like disbanding necessarily all the boards and commissions, but getting creative about how we can continue them in a way where they have the ability to continue to function, but don't take so much staff time. So you probably will receive a memo if you haven't yet from the city manager, and that should absolutely be on your agenda for the next meeting because you'll have 45 days to report back from the time that it's sent. Did you get it yet? Uh, not as of this afternoon, no. Okay, okay, uh, just put it on the agenda, it's, it's coming. It's, it's, okay. a, it's just a reality of that we, our staff- I the, Yeah, I read yeah. the update from the okay. city meeting, yeah. Okay. So it's probably, it's just an alerting commissions directly about what that was. Right, and the idea is that you, maybe it would be smart, I can't say, it's not agendized at this point, but it might be smart for whichever subcommittee you already have to think about this going into the meeting and come with some ideas or for all of you to think about it and come back with some ideas for how you think, mm -hmm. how you think the committee could function as a non-broad committee or how you would better use Ali's time. So he's not, Ali, you're doing a great job. I'm not saying you don't love working with you. <laughs> I just started, I just started. You're like, I love this stuff, but it's anyway. And, and Lauren and Greg, we can have a conversation offline too. I don't want to violate the Brown Act by talking about something that's not on the agenda, but I do think it needs to be on the June agenda for sure. Yeah, and I won't be here in June. So it would be nice to meet and, and brainstorm and, and yeah. just understand more details from you and Greg. Maybe we can have a catch up. Before, yeah. before I leave and then the conversation can continue with the full group and then um, we can work it that way. So okay, I, will, I will put that on the future agendas and I will also take the action to organize a, a meeting with the three of us. And Moses, okay. am I allowed to ask, is that happening in three months, six months? Is it in a year? Uh, so the, the city manager's memo requests that boards and commissions get back to them about with their recommendations for their function and how they operate within 45 days. I imagine it will be agendized at the city council after the fact. Um, it's essentially just get creative about how you might function and use less staff time. Um, and because, you know, obviously I think this body is invaluable, but um, we're trying to figure out how to realistically keep our staff excited about what they're working on and not put a strain on them. So that's the main reason. It has nothing to do with the work that the boards and commissions are doing not being important. It's just, it takes up so much staff time and there's so much on everyone's plate right now. And, and it's also, um, and we did, a, we did some of that work, Ali, just last month talking about, you know, sort of how can we easily come up with our cadence of, so you know exactly, okay, this, right. we can dig into a little bit more on that. So maybe when you and I talk, I can get some of your ideas on where your pain points are, and then I can bring them to that meeting and then... Um, and then there's also the confusion too with this committee and the fact that like I raised in the waste update, that was an FYI, but it feels very sustainability-ish. It's important that the city recognizes that's not the sustainability commission work that's loading up the staff there. So let's not confuse that with what the commission does with what they just have to do as a city and really getting those lines of responsibility right. clear so that we don't, you know, 
you know, aren't seen as taking up time where we're actually, it's not our time to take up. Okay. That's right. Thank you for that. Any other future agenda items? Okay. Um, thank you, everyone. Our next meeting is June 9th. I've said I'm not here. Greg will be your trustee leader. Um, and um, it's 821 and we will adjourn. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Great meeting. Thank you guys. Thank you. Everyone. Welcome Thank everyone. to Maria and Reza and Nick. Welcome. Thank you. How was how was taking minutes, Nick? Uh, I I think I erred on the side of taking way too many. So I'm gonna <laughs> it down to we like we'll How many times did you write the Wizard of Waste on there? <laughs> I could do like a control F right now and find it. I bet it's three times in there. Night, you guys. Yeah, this acronym that to wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Bye. 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 Bye.